You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 95. Now, we are like five episodes away from a hundredth episode. And to celebrate, we're compiling an episode of your voices. And I really, I'd love to hear from you. Let's just say that. I would love to hear from you. There's two really simple steps that you need to do and follow to be a part of this episode. So come and celebrate and share your learning. So step one is pick your favorite learning from the show. It could be a tip that you've applied to your monthly menstrual cycle, something you've heard one of our beautiful guest speakers mention and you've applied that, an aha moment, a complete shift, maybe it's completely changed your life. Whatever it is, I want you to pick your favorite learning. And then step two, head over to this awesome website, speakpipe.com forward slash Gemma. There you'll see a little button and you can press this and it's going to record your voice for 90 seconds. Now, I want you to let me know in this 90 seconds your name, where you're from and share your favorite learning. Next step is my job and I'm going to be popping all of these together for a special 100th episode that is coming out in only a few weeks time. Yes, I'm very excited about sharing your voice on the podcast because after all, I put this whole podcast together for you to help you becoming a well woman and now I would love to hear from you. I would love to share your voice on the podcast. So I look forward to featuring you, but you've got to get your audio in ASAP. So head to the website, speakpipe.com forward slash Gemily. There is a link in the show notes and there's also a link over on my Instagram too. I cannot wait to feature you and hear your voice. This episode is actually the first of any episode just focused on pregnancy. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode as a new aspect to the Well Woman podcast. I'm joined by April Davis from The Vagina Blog, and this whole episode is about preparing for a healthy pregnancy. Now, the reason why I reached out to April, and she's already been a guest on this show before, she is episode 45, and in that episode, we talked about what you didn't know about toxins in your menstrual products. You see, I thought April would be the best person to reach out to have this conversation about pregnancy with because she is a doula. She's also been a birth photographer and an assistant to midwives. And she's literally seen and witnessed hundreds of births. So she's got a lot of birthing experience and pregnancy experience too. April cares all about the vaginas and that's why she birthed the Vagina Blog. I've also been a guest on her podcast called the Vagina Blog Podcast. So you can go over and check that out as well. But in this episode, I'm diving into what a doula is with April. We talk about healthy signs of ovulation how women can prepare for a healthy pregnancy, and of course, because this is super important, what men can also do to prepare for a healthy conception. We talk about finding the right doctor and right care practitioner to support you with your pregnancy and your labor and the delivery of your child. We also get into about ways you can support yourself with intuitive eating, the art of pregnancy surrender, and the value of sisterhood. This is a beautiful episode, and I'm really excited to crack into pregnancy chat I trust you'll enjoy this episode as much as April and I did. This episode is brought to you by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course, a simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. 
Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50 page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week and for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. Now, to say thank you for being an amazing listener of the Well Women podcast, I have a discount code for you. Use Cycle Love at the checkout to save 20% off. April, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. I, I mean, it's I can hang out with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Even though we're oceans apart, we could definitely do that. And I would love that. I love your energy. We um, made it work. This long distance relationship is, <laughs> I'm into and, it. And I've got a soft spot for Utah, um, which is great. Now, for our listeners who haven't already listened to your previous episode on the show, um, let's just a brief overview. Who is April? What does April do? And how does a woman run a blog called The Vagina Blog? That's a great question. So I'm April Davis. I own The Vagina Blog. I also have The Vagina Blog podcast. Um, I would say my home is definitely on Instagram. We have a lot of fun on there. And I am currently in the process of launching a video series and community over on Boone TV. So hopefully by this time this goes up, that'll be running. I'm excited to share because I was just interviewed for that. So I can't wait for that to, to come out and be able to share that with everyone. Um, so you'll just have to follow April and I over on Instagram to kind of get a bit of a, an in-depth overview for this. Um, but apes, <clears throat> today we're talking about a topic that we've actually never had on the podcast before. And I'm quite excited about it because you know, menstrual cycles, like why do we menstruate? We menstruate because we ovulate, but then why do we ovulate? We ovulate so that we can make babies, but it hasn't been a topic that's actually come up on the podcast yet. And I was like, who would be a better person to like interview than April? And I couldn't think of anyone. So we're talking today all about preparing for pregnancy, understanding a bit of that, like when you're ovulating. So I don't even know how, like, I've never like gone through this process before. I don't even know how to open up the, the conversation and start with this, but there's a lot of women that I work with who are really um, focused on con contraception to not conceive, right? And if you're listening to this and that's you, fantastic, but don't tune out. You need to listen to this too. But what about contraception for a healthy ovulation so you can conceive, so you can be pregnant? So let's talk about that topic. What do you have to share on that topic so far? Um, well, that's, that's what's so great. I mean, something that I did that worked out so well when I wanted to get pregnant with my first, um, I had been on the depot shot, which as you know, kind of obliterates your cycle or any ability to like keep track of a lot of things. So I, I was not doing the very best job and I knew that I wanted to get pregnant in the next year or two. And so I switched to a copper IUD. And I was so glad that I did because switching to a copper meant that I could get back in tune with what was going on with my body. I had a cycle again. Um, and I knew that when I removed the copper IUD, I 
could potentially get pregnant very soon after because all the hormones would be out of my system. And I think uh, that's kind of always the tricky game to play because if you're doing, if you're taking hormonal birth control and then you decide to come off of it, um, there are side effects often to coming off of hormonal birth control. And also um, you never know when those hormones are fully getting out of your system, which can then create kind of a frustrating process, right? So it is really amazing to be well in tune with your cycle going into it and be already menstruating, already ovulating. So I loved that I had been on the copper IUD because then I, I kind of knew like, okay, I just have my period. And I, th- my, my knowledge of this was so limited when I was getting pregnant with my first baby, she's 11 now. So this is a couple of years ago for me, but I, I did know that I ovulated somewhere midway through my cycle. So we had intercourse a couple of times. And then the next month I found out I was pregnant. Which is so crazy now. <laughs> like I took on my IUD and at the same time, the following month, I was already pregnant with her first child. <laughs> and that doesn't happen for every woman. No, no I was, guys, I mean, I was That's like 24. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I would say that doesn't happen for most people, but it does happen. I mean, it, it completely took me by surprise because I don't think I've ever known anyone who's gotten pregnant so quickly. Um, and I, I actually, interestingly enough, never have gotten pregnant that quickly since. It was just with my first that I did. How many children do you have? I have three. Three. And their ages? So I have an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and then a 3-year-old. I have two and, girls and a boy. And you're a doula. Yes, yes. And retired. A, Currently a retired, a retired uh, so doula. I'm a birth assistant to a nurse midwife and then also a doula. So how many, like births like labors do you think that you have witnessed just rough just rough number hundreds Hundreds. I would say not thousands but hundreds so you've you've got a fair bit of experience in this area is what I'm kind of getting at yes definitely now I wanted to I want to ask the question around healthy ovulation right because obviously if if you're planning on conceiving we want a lot of people think well I've got no contraception but you can still have contraceptive me- contraceptive methods, which is like natural fertility contraception. Yep. And so that's really like tracking your cycle and getting to know your cycle. But let's, before I ask the question about a healthy ovulation, can you just explain what a doula is? Because I know there's a lot of women who have never even heard of a doula and think it's a little bit woohoo, but what is a doula? <clears throat> so a doula, you're really kind of the liaison between. And, and I would almost say protector of the person, like the birthing person. Um, I, so I'm here in the United States, obviously. And uh, in the U.S., we have some really interesting practices in healthcare <laughs> that are really frustrating, especially around birth. And so a doula is there to help explain what's going on. A doula helps you while you're still pregnant, get ready for the birth of your baby, which might look like uh, just kind of being an emotional support, someone you can ask questions to. It's really like having like a a big sister who just goes to births all the time and knows all the different things about births. Um, A lot of people worry that I'm going to replace their significant other or their partner. And I would say it's very much the opposite. I have helped empower a lot of partners by teaching them how to squeeze hips, teaching them how to 
you know, do X, Y, and Z. I always want the partner to be the hero at a birth. I want them to be the, to put the cold wash cloth on them and have their, you know, whoever's in labor be like, oh my gosh, oh, that was amazing. Like that's, you know, or like, this is how you squeeze hips. Come here, I'm going to teach you. And I'm oftentimes feeding the partners as much as, you know, the person in labor or making sure that the partners are comfortable and taken care of as well. So it, it's that. being that support. Um, one of the reasons that I was so inspired to be the vagina blog is because, especially when I was doing a lot of, uh, working a lot as a doula in the hospital, I would come in and they'd be like, it's so weird. Now that you're here, they're explaining things more. They're asking for consent. They're talking to us more. They weren't doing all these things before you got here. And I, I also would, I worked as a birth photographer as well. And there was such a contrast between going into a birth as a photographer and going to a birth as a doula. Because as a oh. photographer, they just ignored me. I was a fly on the wall. I just kind of got to see how birth could potentially play out without anyone there to protect them, not loving what I saw. And so when I would go as a doula, I had this opportunity to, to have a voice and to help them have a voice and help empower them and validate what they were concerns they were having, you know, and I, I don't know. So that, that's a lot of what inspired the vagina blog. Cause I was like, we all need to know so much more about this so that we mm-hmm. can be empowered going into these situations. It's kind of crazy to me that we need doulas to protect us. You know, I, I love the concept of a doula and a friend of mine had a doula for her first pregnancy years ago. And I was like, this is like the ultimate birth coach, like someone. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I feel that sometimes women and my best friends just become a doula and I'm so excited for her that when women um you know look oh I think I'd like to get a doula like if there's a male and it's like a male partner in a heterosexual relationship that doula is just as much for the male as what it is for the woman and from my from what I've heard and just what you were explaining like it actually involves the male in the pregnancy more like it gives them more masculine responsibility of like empower to know what that what they can do to help and support so I love that and you know let's let's change up the the conversation about ovulation and then let's get to like the whole once you've like conceiving and and preparing for this pregnancy um, or to be pregnant everyone's journey is very different I'm just going to throw that out there that you know some women try for a few years some women just fall pregnant accidentally and there's a lot of controversy about like well she's excuse my language but she's not even fucking healthy and she just fell pregnant i'm over here i'm eating all the foods i'm going to the gym i'm moving my body i'm getting good sleep and i still can't fall pregnant and it's very very frustrating and challenging to not compare your journey with others and so this comes back to you just being connected with your body i feel and through my work as a menstrual cycle educator but let's chat ovulation now we menstruate because we ovulate what are healthy signs of ovulation? Let's just start with that. And then we'll move into another question about ovulation. But what is like the healthy signs of ovulation? Um, you know, for me, I see a change in my cervical fluid for sure. So that is really, really obvious for me. I also typically experience some middle schmerz, some some ovulation pains on one side or the other that are typically usually pretty obvious. Like we were just talking before we got on here because you asked me where I was at in my cycle and I was like, I mean, I've been crampy, so it's probably happening, but it's not as distinct as it usually is. So I'm like, not quite, I'm not quite as goopy as I like, as I usually am ovulating. So it's either coming or maybe happened and I missed it, which I shouldn't have. 
I think it's coming. And then my cervix, my cervix is nice and open when I ovulate. Like I have a very, especially since I've had three kids, I have a very obviously open cervix when I'm ovulating. I'm seeing a lot of like egg white fluid, getting some middle schmerz. And then I get super like, we should make babies. Even though we're done making babies, we should make more babies. That's the calling of the body, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like your ovaries, your, your ovaries, your ovaries have a voice. And yeah. I feel, you know, now that I've just turned 34, I know as I've got older, I used to, I used to have a friend, um, still have a friend, but you know, when she had her first child and we were around like 25 and she's like, oh my God, my ovaries are just calling for children. Like when she'd already yes. had her first, I was like, what are you talking about girl? Like oh. you're like on another planet. And it's funny, like as soon as I hit 30, I was just like, <gasps> I feel yeah. You know, your, ov- yeah. your ovaries just have a voice and it's true. So these different signs of ovulation, why are they so important to know your own ovulation signs if you're wanting to conceive and fall pregnant? Then you know when to have sex. I mean, you know, it's just that simple. It's, it's you know, it takes a lot of the guesswork out. Um, something else that has been really empowering, a story that was shared with me that I loved, a, a friend of mine, I had told her like, you've got to retaking charge of your fertility. It's so good. And she'd had a couple miscarriages. And after learning how to chart, she realized like, oh, I'm having super short luteal phases. Cause she figured mm. out, oh, I'm having a hard time getting pregnant. Cause I'm actually ovulating later in my cycle than what the book says. Yes. Right. And then I'm having super short luteal phases and I'm losing these pregnancies if I am falling pregnant because my luteal phase is so short hello progesterone not enough uterine hello progesterone cream pregnant the next month stayed pregnant and it was so simple it was like such a simple fix but just you know it's stepping into this world of charting and realizing when you're ovulating and what those signs look like and then incorporating intercourse into that so that you can get pregnant like it's it's a whole new world it's a whole new world. And it just goes to show that charting is so important to conceive, but also not to conceive, but also just for general health yep. as a woman. So every woman really ideally should chart. But, okay, Absolutely. we understand ovulations. So let's just say a woman, you know, like to prepare for pregnancy is she's charting. She knows when she's ovulating. She understands her ovulation signs because she's knowing when she's ovulating. What's like, apart from just having sex, what are some things a woman can actually do and like maybe on a daily basis or, or a cycle basis to prepare themselves for a healthy pregnancy? You know, if, so if you, some, I know I was just going to say, I know some women just accidentally fall pregnant. So there's no, maybe not a full preparation time, but you know, if a woman's like, Hey, look, let's just try in the next three to six months and let's just see what happens. Like let's not put pressure on it. Let's just, if we fall pregnant, we fall pregnant. If not, then we'll like, then we'll like, we'll make it a thing and we'll start charting it properly and really like structuring it all in. Yeah. What could that woman do? Like what are some basic three or five things that a woman can do to, for a healthy pregnancy? Um, prenatal vitamins. I just, I can't recommend. And, and along with prenatal vitamins, obviously those can't take care of everything for you. So it, it would be a time to start looking at Am I taking good enough care to good enough care of my body that I can now support a second body? Yes. (laughs) And something this is particularly important for people like me. I have hyperemesis gravidarum, so I cannot keep food down while I am pregnant. 
it, the pregnancy that I prepared for my second pregnancy, I did such a good job because I knew about a year ahead of time. Okay. I know I want to have another baby. I want my kids three years apart. I really got with the program in terms of taking very good care of my body. And I'm so grateful that I did because of my three pregnancies, that was my best one. Mm. And I truly believe it's because I was really making sure that I was eating healthfully, getting plenty of sleep. I started taking a prenatal vitamin like six months before we even started trying to conceive. Cause I knew that once I was pregnant, I wouldn't be able to keep a prenatal down. And so because of that, I was like, I need all of these nutrients to be so built up in my body. And I really was still recovering from the damage done by my first. And so I think if you know pregnancy is something you want to do and you've never been pregnant before, there's no harm in switching to a prenatal vitamin. There's no harm in taking better care of your body. All of these things are good. Maybe start thinking about like limiting alcohol, quitting smoking, if, if smoking is something that you do. Any of these other habits that would not be healthy during a pregnancy, it might be time to start eliminating from your lifestyle mm. long before you even fall pregnant. These are great tips. It's interesting. I always recommend to women, if they're like, oh, I, I really want to learn to track my cycle. So in the future, when I'm ready to have a baby in like the next six to 12 months, I know about my cycle more. And I'm like, instantly, first thing you need to do is start taking a prenatal multivitamin. Now I'll actually pop some links into the show notes about the nutritional products I'd recommend for prenatals and pregnancy or preparing for pregnancy. Um, and they're kind of the foundations. I've talked about them heaps, but I always recommend a good quality probiotic because you want to make yes. sure your gut health is, is on point. If your gut health isn't on point, then you might have hormonal challenges and then challenges with your hormones can lead to a challenge with your ovulation but in general, it's so interesting like, how many women are unaware that from the moment of like, can, like once you've conceived, from the moment the sperm meets the egg and they're like, hey, you want to be best friends? Like when that happens, it's that instant moment that is one of the most important nutritionally. Oh, yeah. And so this comes back to, okay, a lot of pressures put on the woman for like, okay, the woman needs to be the healthy person and the woman needs to do all, all of these things. Right. But yes, you can take a prenatal. Yes. You can take a probiotic. I would also recommend a mercury free fish oil because healthy fats and omega threes yes. is very important. So they're the three foundations. If you are really um, like really getting close to conceiving, I would say adding extra vitamin D in um, also mm -hmm. super important, maybe magnesium and calcium. They're kind of like yep. good foundations, but hands down, if you ain't sleeping, your hormones are probably going to be out of whack. And if you're not yep. eating well, they're probably also going to be out of whack. And then if you're drinking alcohol and excessively doing those things, you're going to load your liver up, which could put pressure on your hormones. So let's just reduce all of that. Yay for yep. the women understanding what they can do and taking responsibility. Like go girl. My next question though, April is what can the men do to help prepare for conception with a heterosexual relationship? Like, it takes two to tango. Um, I know that they can also limit their caffeine intake, especially if they're doing stuff like energy drinks and some of that, especially a lot of them have a lot of artificial colors and all sorts of other junk in them. That's not particularly good for healthy, happy sperm. Um, I mean, this is not, that one's not my area of expertise as much, you know, but I, I think there's nothing wrong with them also living healthfully in preparation for becoming fathers mm -hmm. like it's just one of those things like if 
if you're a big drinker or a big smoker, I think the whole team should probably quit or really, really, really cut back, you know? Um, and so I think shifting your mindset into a healthier one as a couple is not a bad idea. It's also a good idea because it brings those habits into the household, you know, where that child would be growing up. And I always say like for men, I feel that one, get your sperm checked, just like women go and get their hormones checked, get your sperm checked. Just make sure you've got healthy sperm. Unfortunately, women can't check to see if they've got healthy eggs necessarily as easy it is to check just, you know, healthy sperm. I would get the men to have a, like a blood checkup. Yeah. So they're the kind of things I would ask because, and I've not been through this experience myself. The other one I would say is men take a multivitamin too. So women can take the prenatal men. You take the multivitamin because we want to make sure your sperm's got all the good nutrients in it. Right. So these are when it comes to, when it comes to prenatals too, I always recommend, um, I'm a huge fan of folate instead of folic acid. We talk a lot about folic acid. We do not talk nearly enough about folate. Folate's so much more usable for your body. I'm also a huge fan of a supplement called Floridix and it's a, it's a much easier on your body iron supplement. Um, anemia is a big problem during pregnancy. And so getting enough iron and making sure that you're taking in enough iron, especially ahead of time is always a good idea. Mm-mm. And I think if you choose a good quality multivitamin, like the one that I use, it's funny. I actually use the prenatal version. You know, yeah. I, I don't, um, you know, eat red meat. I, I do eat seafood yeah. and occasionally have eggs. And for me, I, I take the prenatal because it's the same price as the other multi and it has iron in it and has extra nutrients, yeah. including folate, which is great for health anyway for a woman. Oh, yeah. So, you know, people are like, you take a prenatal? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why not? There's not really any reason not to. It's yeah. a really good overall vitamin for a female body. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. We've covered some good points about, you know, how a woman can prepare for a healthy pregnancy and a male can help prepare for a healthy pregnancy. But let's talk about the pregnancy part itself. You know, this is like your expertise being a doula, I would say, is that once you know, a woman know that they're pregnant, like what are the next steps for having a healthy pregnancy? Well, something else I wanted to cover too, before you even get pregnant and when you are starting to think about getting pregnant, you need to find a care provider that you can trust with your life and with the life of this new person that you're going to create. And, um, 
especially here in the United States, we don't think uh, of shopping for a doctor. Like we don't interview doctors. We don't interview midwives like we should. And I just, I cannot recommend enough finding a care provider before you even, because the problem is if you start searching for a care provider at 13 weeks pregnant, which is typically when you go in for your initial exams, um, and then you decide you don't love them and have to start looking for someone else, you're going to hit a wall where you're, you're so pregnant, you have to decide on whoever you end up with. And that's not a great place. Like that's a terrible position to be in. And so I highly recommend interviewing care providers this when you start thinking about tip. conception. This yes. is really good. It's like having that support. And for, for those who don't live in America, a care provider is like finding the right doctor, finding yeah. the right practice of like, how would I like to midwife? How would yes. I like to finding the right office? Seeing mm-hmm. how their office does things. So, and I, I don't know how it is there in Australia, but here um, some offices will say, you know what, you hire the, the team. So you just get rotated throughout the entire team of doctors or team of midwives or mix of the two. And then whoever's on call, when you deliver, that's who you get. And other places say, nope, you're assigned to this one provider and that's who you're going to be with. And so you need to find an office where you're comfortable with whatever, however they do things and that you like whoever's on the staff. Because if you don't, and you don't feel supported or safe there, you're not going to have a happy labor and delivery. You you really want someone there that is on your team and supports the decisions that you're making. Mm, that is such, that's a great tip. I don't know if any women have listened to this like, actually, I did that. Um, I've never heard of that before. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Now yeah. that we have like that, now that we're pregnant, um, yay how do we continue with a healthy pregnancy can we go through before we're out of time but can we go through you know the different like I guess phases of the of the cycle of the pregnancy um like the different um you know the trimesters yeah yeah that's the word the three trimesters you know what are some specific ways that a woman can support herself in each of the different trimesters I think pregnancy is a really great time to get intuitive with your eating like that's, that was pregnancy when I was, when I really started to learn about intuitive eating and what that can mean, especially having hyperemesis like I did. Um, it was really interesting because I was super, super drawn to all the alkali fruits and vegetables. I wanted fresh lemons. I wanted, like, there were certain things that just smelled good. And if they smell good to me, they were much more likely to stay down, which was really crazy because I really, I'm so sick when I'm pregnant. So, which is very specific, but I would argue that even anybody with normal morning sickness, get a little bit intuitive and be prepared to hire the help. If you need to make sure your partner understands, like for me, I couldn't be around dirty dishes. It would make me throw up. I just couldn't, I couldn't do the stuff that I was doing. (laughs) I I was so tired. Like, so make sure to like your partner knows, like, look, it might be a rough couple of months while I'm sick for these first little like even with normal morning sickness, all of that might be a little bit too much. And it is okay for your partner to step in and take care of you. It's okay for your mom to come help. It's okay for your sister to bring in meals. It's really a lesson in learning how to ask for help and get comfortable asking for help. I feel like it's the beginning of just needing all the help in the world as you step into raising kids. I mean, like they say, it takes the village, but it does. And that starts in pregnancy. 
I think the ultimate word there is surrender. Mm-hmm. It because is. You, I use this analogy a lot in my retreat day and working with clients is that, you know, a woman's body can learn to surrender when just tracking your cycle and menstruating. And if you are listening to this and you're, here's a bonus tip I think that would be great, is that if you're listening to this and you're planning on having a child in the future, you don't know who with or when, doesn't matter, but you're planning on that, learn to surrender into your menstrual time. So learn to surrender with your bleed. It's kind of like by the time you fall pregnant and are pregnant, you'll be like, oh, I'm actually surrendering's more like it's familiar for me. I'm not freaked out about this. Actually, I can surrender a little bit more and I can receive some support because the whole pregnancy experience, despite the fact that I haven't had this personally, is all about surrender. Like when you get morning sickness, you just have to surrender to that. When your boobs get big and sore, you just have to surrender to that. When the baby is kicking and you're like, I'm trying to sleep, surrender. And labor is a great example of surrender and I'm, I'm sure uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast before because yeah. you'll know this as a doula but no matter what you plan it never goes exactly to plan and that's the ultimate yep. surrender the body it is. takes over right yep and and my last labor that was my affirmation was surrender and it was two hours and it just happened. And I, I like caught, like I pushed him into my own hands and like pulled him out of me onto my chest. And like, when you actually allow that, when you allow yourself to surrender to all of it, when you allow yourself to just let it all happen and come to you, it is so rewarding and beautiful. Like instead of trying to continue to fight and if I could leave any sort of advice about the entire process, I, I, for me, struggle with the panic of, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this forever. I can't do this forever. I can't do that forever. Because once you're pregnant, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a kid. And once you have a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm nursing all the time. I can't do this forever. I can't do this. Like I get stuck in this, like, this is my new life now. And I can't do this. And the reality is it's all seasons, just like the cycle. It's all seasons. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy is a season. Each trimester of the pregnancy is a season. That that postpartum period, that's a season. Like you will get up and run again. You will like stop bleeding one day. <laughs> you will be done nursing one day. Like you will nurse that baby for the last time one day and then they will take off and you'll get your body completely back to yours again you know? And so I, I always have to hang on to that when I'm going through this and go like, this is a season. This is just this thing that I'm doing right now. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to surrender to it. And I'm going to step into the next season and do the same thing. And then one day these kids will be running around and telling me things. And it's just crazy. That is such a beautiful insight and reminder that the process really, if you want to have a healthy pregnancy, that's a little bit easier on yourself mentally and and emotionally track your cycle, (laughs) just that habit, like the, the whole birth death process of your menstrual cycle and, you know, allowing things to change and never being attached to the same thing and evolving and transformation. That's such, I never thought about it like that. That's such a great example that, everything is going through those seasons. And while they might be longer seasons than a, a 28 to 29, 30 day menstrual cycle, it's still a season. Oh, um, yeah. So that like, that's such a beautiful tip. Now, are there any other things that you can think um, would support a woman in knowing about, all right, I'm trying to 
you know, conceive right now and I'm looking for, you know, a healthy way. Because I find that women who can't or who have experienced a challenge in conceiving, there's always like they're always looking for the next thing to try. Yeah. What what would you what would be your guiding words to women who have been trying to conceive for a while and they're you know they're planning on a healthy pregnancy? What would your guiding words be to them on creating a healthy pregnancy? I think it's just so important in those situations to, you know, when we're stuck with hard things like that, we can often get in our head and be like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I think if you get down deep into your most intuitive self and you say, okay, I'm going to picture myself pregnant. What did I do to get there? I really feel like sometimes we already have the answers and, and we have to tap into, we have to let go of whatever hurt is happening or whatever frustration is happening or whatever anger or sadness is happening and dive deeper into that intuitive self that we we know tap into her and say okay i i see i see a pregnancy in my future how did i get there and you'll know you'll know what you need to do you'll know what your next best steps are it might be um starting into fertility treatments with a doctor it might be um trying x y and z i mean there's so many different ways to uh, assist with getting pregnant anymore and so it's there's so many options out there and uh it's hard because i i've been so fortunate i've been able to get pregnant three times without any sort of assistance and i'm so so grateful that that has been something that i haven't had a challenge with because i've watched so many people that i love go through it and it's mm. it's hard it's a very difficult thing to go through. And so I think you just have to just hang, hang on to yourself and nurture yourself and get intuitive and love yourself and know that like good things are coming and it, it, maybe it's not a pregnancy, maybe like it's also, so I'm adopted. So I come from a mother who's never had children, who's never been through pregnancy. And so I, I, I don't know, I guess I can tell anybody like things can turn out so beautifully in the most bizarre ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. They really can. And I think that something that a lot of women do in this masculine style patriarchy world that we live in is they don't reach out for support because it's a sign of weakness or, you know, like, oh, I can do it. I can do it all on my own. And it's funny, the amount of women that I've worked with apes as coaching clients and helping them get to know their menstrual cycle because they have the goal of conceiving in the future I'm not the conceiving queen you know like I don't I don't make that happen but the fact that you can better understand your mental state and your emotional state when you're entering that process is that if you need support reach out and ask for it it's like hey I'm really working on this is this something that you do you know reach out and message me reach out and message April even though she's currently retired Um, you know, reach out message me because like I could talk about birth all day long. <laughs> We're going to have to have you back just to talk about like preparing for labor and just that whole yeah. experience for, for a woman and, and their partner. But ultimately seek support and don't feel like you can't, you have to do it all on your own because it's important to remember that as women back to the tribe, you know, and the community is that we did it collectively. We never did this journey on our own. And now we weren't meant to, right? We're not meant to village guys. The kids will force you to find your village. I promise you can't do it by yourself. You shouldn't do it by Like we're not made to do this by ourselves. 
you, I've never been more humbled in my life than going through pregnancy and having children because it really, I, I'm, I'm the, very much the type that's like, no, I can do absolutely everything on my own and I'll, I can do it. I can do it. And having kids and especially having my difficult pregnancies really taught me the value of the village, of the sisterhood, of leaning on people. How often do we love and serve each other? It is okay to need that yourself sometimes. Totally. And that's just comes back to surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surrendering into support. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you've been through this journey um, for a little while already and you haven't reached out for support, do so. You know, it can be in group support. It can be in one-on-one support. It can be just talking to a friend. But reaching out and just sharing how you feel is important. So don't, you know, forget that element of yourself. You know, we are part of a village and always have been. April, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, I have a final question. Now, I always ask the question because you've already been on the podcast, you've already answered this question. Like what are three guiding tips to your younger menstruating self? But my question is going to be towards the younger pregnancy self. Yeah. What are your three guiding tips to a woman who is about to embark on pregnancy or become pregnant in the future? Overall, three guiding tips that you wish you had have known at the start of your first pregnancy that you now know now. Trust your body. Always, always, always trust. Because if it's as bad as you think it is, or if you think something's wrong, you know. You're the one that knows. You're the one that knows your body. You're the one that has your intuition. Trust your body. Surround yourself with other people that trust you and trust your body. And this, I mean, it's the same reason I was talking about hiring a good care provider. If they're not listening to you and they're not trusting your intuition and your body, that's not the doctor or the midwife for you. You need Uh to find somebody else. So trust your body uh, would be number one. Number two, when I was writing out the birth plan for my third baby, I wasn't sure where I was going to deliver or what was going to happen. And I realized the most important thing to me, and this gets me emotional, but I was like, mom and baby are one unit. This family is one unit. Please keep it that way. Like if something happens and he has to go to the NICU or something happens to me, keep my husband with him, keep us together as much as possible. I was like, I want resuscitation to happen in my lap. If that's a, you know the case or like anything that can happen with me heavily involved, I want that. And that guided my birth plan, that guided my labor, that guided everything for me, realizing that that was the most important thing to me. And so I think having those goals, like really close crystal clear for yourself through your pregnancy and then for your labor it helps it writes your birth plan it it rules out bad care providers very quickly like if someone's not on that same page with you it's really easy to just be like oh okay so we're not on the same page so maybe you're not the doctor for me or maybe you're not the doula for me or maybe you know and then I would say third the thing we just said support I wish I just wish so much that and it's it's such a beautiful part of my life's story because having such a difficult and humbling first pregnancy, that was really the beginning of me jumping onto the sisterhood wagon and realizing what a blessing having a sisterhood is. I remember after delivery, I was just, just so beat up and so exhausted. And one of my neighbors came over with dinner and she just said, it's hard, huh? 
And it was, I just felt so seen and so loved and so grateful to have someone else be like, it's actually really hard. You don't have to put the face on and do the things. It's hard. This is all a lot to take in. We need each other. So my third would definitely be find your sisterhood, find your tribe, find your village, get the support. I love that. So like, they're just such great tips that some people are like, oh, it's about the food. Oh, it's about this. Honestly, they're great. I love them. April, thank you so much for joining us. How can our listeners find you? So I am over at the vagina blog. Uh, It's the vagina blog.com and the vagina blog on Instagram and Twitter and um, the vagina blog podcast can be found pretty much anywhere where podcasts are. And I'll now be over at boontv.com slash the vagina blog. Amazing. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Um, So our listeners can go and check you out. And there's an episode that I recorded with April over on her vagina blog um, podcast. So be sure to go check that out as well. Um, Yes, it's so good. It's a juicy episode, isn't it? I've had so many women reach out to me like, I found you on the vagina blog with April. Um, Good. Mm, mm. But thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, I hope that everyone's listening to this and has got so much value out of it. I know I have. Um, But thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I just, I love when we hang out. So do I. (laughs) Thanks, babe. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.